0: This is Advisor Adventures, the podcast of advisory board chair, who specialise in all things advisory boards, assessing, establishing, managing, mentoring and chairing high-performance professional advisory boards. Season 1, Episode 17. Cyber is amongst the most significant risks we face in the 21st century. It matters for every individual and every organisation. Yet many business leaders struggle to understand their roles. Much existing advice focuses on experts instructing the rest of us. For this episode, Corinne Butler talks with Glenn Welby from Cybersea about competencies we can all learn to make cyber less risky. They discuss an approach similar to oh where everyone has a role in organisational risk reduction. They talk about why you should care and be involved in a change so that the cyber risk is better managed for everyone. Here's your host, Corinne Butler.
1: Okay, hi. So it's Corinne Butler here from Advisor Adventures, and this week I'm joined by Glenn Weebly from Cybersi, and he's a cyber security expert. So welcome, Glenn.
2: Thanks, Corinne.
1: So, Glenn, give me the two-minute overview of who are you and how have you ended up here?
2: Sure. Look, I set up CyberSea uh, about two and a half, three years ago. Um, based on a, an awareness I was getting, an understanding I was getting working in the corporate world for a large IT vendor, uh, we were trying to position cybersecurity solutions and we were we were getting increasingly stuck by, by businesses who really wanted to make their organization more safe, and they understood there was a risk around cyber, uh, and they understood that the risk was coming because they had to um, uh, adopt a digital uh, digital world. They were gonna die if they didn't take on the digital world, and if they did take on the digital world, they were opening themselves up to this existential risk around cyber where all their information, data, and a variety of other things are stolen. We would talk to technical people in those organizations and say, the thing is, my, my boss doesn't understand me um, and, uh, uh, and never the twain would meet. I, I, uh, before, I joined, before I joined the IT company I worked for, I had a career in the public sector and I um, uh, remained connected to uh, peers in that space who progressed in organizations. And in social settings, they were telling me the same thing. Gosh, this cyber stuff is really interesting. I know I'm very exposed as a business leader, as uh, an organisational leader with cyber, cyber. but the, the people I talk to, whilst they're very competent, they're giants. I don't understand anything they're saying. And so there's a disconnect with this significant business risk, cyber, and... Uh, the capability of an organisation to make meaningful, informed, strategic decisions around managing their risk. So initially, C was set up to build this competence in cyber language, literacy, numeracy, this 21st century competence of cyberC. How do we understand what we need to understand to operate safely in a digital world?
1: So, Glenn, tell me, what is it? What do we need to understand about cyber and cybersecurity? Give us the 101 of cyber literacy.
2: The the, the problem, as I described, is that people want to talk about technology. This is not a technical problem. This is a problem about human behaviours. The the digital world scales human behaviours. Bad people have always done bad things. Robbers have always robbed. Criminals have always done criminal things trying to get something advantageous. And, and, the, uh, and the internet enables scale of those behaviors. But we who are perhaps on the good side haven't learned those criminal behaviors in the same way. And we haven't understood our, what our vulnerabilities are. We think there are some competencies that people need develop. Something around understanding what their digital identity is. What does, what, what do I look like online? The internet never forgets. There is nothing you've ever done on the internet that the internet forgets and i say that to people and i watch their eyes widen a little bit and a little bit nervous as they uh, go through their hard drive of their mind and work out what's uh, what they've done that they don't want people to know about but it makes us vulnerable if we don't understand how we look in the world um we are really attached and engaged by the technology and the devices that we use to access information. And we've all seen at our own family dinner tables, on the train, in conversations, in the pub, wherever it might be, people engaging with somebody they don't know about something they don't know anything about. And the person they've come to have a drink with or have dinner with or whatever is there. So. There's this intrusion into our regular lives. So how do we better balance the way we use technology? How do we understand what our impact is? You know, in, in social media and in, in, in other stuff, we see global leaders who seem to be completely unregulated about the impact of what they say in a digital environment. And so if we don't like something online and we get out there and we say, You're a bloody idiot because you don't shouldn't agree. So how do we? you know we wouldn't do that in the real world so why do we think it's okay to do that in a, in in the digital world what happens to our you know how do people know how do people know about us how do how, what trail what clues do we leave around the world what is our digital footprint there's a beautiful little story i uh, met with a customer in the middle east recently and he was telling me a story telling me a story about his son who was very admiring about his Apple Watch. And he said, Dad, I want, I want your Apple Watch. I want an Apple Watch just like you. And uh, this fellow said, well, why do you want that? He said, well, I just want to be cool. I want to have information with me all the time. And and trying to wor- work out a way of saying no to his son in a, as, as kindly as he possibly could, he said, would you like to know, would you like all your friends to know how long you spent on the toilet in the morning? And he looked aghast, he said, no, of course I wouldn't. He said, the thing is, if you've got an Apple Watch, people know where you are all the time and they could tell how long you spent on the toilet. So just think about the clues you're leaving in the world. And it's a nice comedic mm-hmm. story, but it makes, a, it makes a strong point. What are the things that we need to do around the information we grab from the internet? You know notoriously Wikipedia is not very reliant, reliable, or it's not a sort of academic source. But what are the other sources we depend on around the information we get? What, how, what, why do we believe what we believe that's being told us? So how do we create a, a critical analysis of information that comes to us? You know, scammers, confidence tricksters have always been out there. The internet sort of scales con men, confidence tricksters all the time. And so how do we provide, how do we apply a critical analysis of the data we apply? And, and, and how do we keep our information safe? How do we know uh, what information we put out there? How, you know, our bank account details, our address. You know, if I po- post a photograph of myself online saying, here I am in Asia, having a time of my life. I hope the dog's okay in the kennel. So, and somewhere on that same page, my address is here, 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 here. I've told the whole world, there's no one in my house. I'm away. There's no dog. So, you know, how do I keep my stuff private? So those are the competencies that we think need be developed across organizations for all of us, actually. CyberSea's vision is to make the world a safer place for us all, and though are six competencies that we've identified and taken from a series of international literature about what makes good digital intelligence.
1: So can you remember what those six um, competencies are? Can you share that with us, please?
2: Digital identity, a balanced use of technology, a digital empathy, uh, your digital footprint management, your media and information literacy, and your privacy management.
1: Okay, so do you mind um, talking us through those? So tell us a little bit about the digital ID. And I'm quite keen to understand how do I actually find out what I look like online?
2: What you look like online is what you've told the internet about yourself. You've told it lots of things. You've, you've, you've told it, um, uh, you know, if you've, got a, if you've got any sort of social media presence, you've you've probably told it your political persuasion. Uh, You've probably told it your marital status or how many kids you've got. You've probably told it um, uh, uh, whether you own your house or whether you've got debt or what possessions you have. Your digital identity is something that you have told the internet. You've almost certainly told it your bank account details. You've almost seen So, assumed, so I've, I've
1: probably told it a lot, Glenn. Can I untell um, it any of these things?
2: Um. It. Technically, in the law, it's possible to untell it. Is it possible to untell it? Probably not. Mm. But if you, have for example, if you've told it your bank account details, do you do you? Is that the bank account in which you hold all your money, or might your or might you have a bank account just for online activity and have another bank account for, um, for, regular, uh, you know, for regular transactions? The point is, you have told the internet a lot, probably a lot that you've forgotten you've told it, but that is your identity out there now.
1: <clears throat> so that was the first thing. So tell us about the second area about being balanced.
2: So. <clears throat> In, in terms of the way we use technology, we all um, uh, we 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 all have extraordinary advantages. I spoke to somebody at a conference uh, a, a little while ago, and he was a very clever man, very technically able, and he said, "The thing is, I turn off location. That, uh, I turn off location services here. I don't do this. I don't do that, and, and I never I never use digital social media." And I looked at him and I thought if we want to teach the world about this stuff what we have to say is something entirely practical so i was born in the uk my sisters and my nieces and nephews live in the uk you know it is and one of my children lives in the uk it is an extraordinary advantage and capability that they can communicate with me and send me pictures and i understand where they are and. I have um, tracking, not tracking, but I have um, find friends. Um, so I know where my daughter is at any time. And, you know, there was some incidents in London overnight and I was worried about her and I could check where she was. And, but th- those things are good, but we need to know that, that, they're, that they're going on. So how do, we, um, how do we balance the technology and the information we give to those people? The way we engage with humankind, why would I sit at home with my family and use digi- a digital device all the time to distract me from where I am why would I um, why would I uh, uh, trying to th- I'm trying to think of some other examples but what, what, what let's be aware of how much time we're engaging with the with the use of technology um, I it's really good for me to turn up at home and open my garage with a, with a networked um, garage door monitor. You know, it's useful, it helps. What's the impact? How, what's the balance I have around having those network capabilities across my home? And the integration of that is about the identity I leave and the footprint I leave behind and all, all, all sorts of elements of what are you telling the world? by your use of technology. So balance out the advantages you get with the disadvantages you don't necessarily realize you're creating for yourself. Last one there. Uh, Are you familiar with 23andMe or um, ancestry.com or? or, Yes. (laughs) I ask people, would you send away uh, a chromosomal example, of your biological makeup. Would you do that and be interested, have the advantage of being interested in understanding your ancestry? Quite a...
1: So, so good question. I've thought about it recently, so I don't think I would now, but I think in another couple of years I will, because I, I- think our appetite will change.
2: Why would you do it? Why wouldn't you do it now and why would you do it in the future?
1: I don't know enough now, but I think in the future, it'll, it'll, it will be the norm. We'll, uh, everyone will have our DNA. So in a couple of years, there will be no secrecy, no privacy, et cetera. Different situation at the moment. And I think from a, a law perspective, legal perspective, storage perspective, there is still some privacy now. In the future, I don't think there will be as much.
2: So uh, I don't think there's a right answer here, by the way, but I would never do it. And I would never recommend anybody do it. And the reason I wouldn't do it is that here's my biological code turned into a digital form that becomes infinitely searchable. And if I have some rare chromosomal abnormality that doesn't manifest itself that I don't know about, and I want some insurance and the insurance company sees, well, you know, his insurance is going to cost a factor of 10 because this chromosomal abnormality has a much higher likelihood of this. So suddenly people know about us in ways that we don't know about ourselves and that's going to massively impact our lives. And I think perhaps for me, a man of my age, it's less important, but for my children and for the emerging generations, I think that's a really significant challenge. We don't know what we don't know yet. But we do know that the digital world is starting to do things that, that we couldn't conceive of. We're on a video call. You know, when I moved to Australia, this was, you know, I telephoned my grandfather. who nearly, I nearly gave him a heart attack that you could phone the UK from Australia. Wow, it was amazing but here we are having a video call, you know, we couldn't have conceived of this 20 years ago.
1: And my point about technology, like what now it's as slow as it will ever be from an IT digital perspective. You think back 10 years ago, fast forward 10 years, and it's gonna be an absolutely different future. Yep. yeah, yeah. So Glenn, talk to me a little bit more about the other four areas, the empathy, footprint, media management, and privacy management.
2: I think empathy, what we often make reference in empathy to, uh, you know, uh, to to kids' behaviour, it doesn't just apply for kids, but an obvious example is, you know, if you're bullying people online, what would that feel like if it was you? Would you have the same, would you engage in the same bullying behaviour or the same sort of outrage that often people um, um, practice online? Um, Would you engage with such sort of... um, vigour and uh, force in the real world as you do online? And do you think about the impact of what you're saying? So what would it be like for you if you were hearing such a strong message? Um, would well, you? We,
1: we had the case this week of that gentleman who did something, who was then cyber bullied and someone said, jump in front of a train and he did.
2: Perfect example. I hadn't heard that story, but that's a perfect example. Yeah. So just, Think about this is the, this actually is the new real world. We don't have the same immediate physical and mental reactions and emotional reactions. We think this is invisible. It's not. We as a, as humankind, we need to start to understand this. As you say, this stuff's moving faster than we think. We've got to, what faster we can manage. We've got to stop and, and think about it. The footprint management, we've talked a lot about, you know, what, 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 what are you leaving? What information are you leaving around the world? Do you want people to know these things? Do you, you know, um, uh, I, I um, to my eternal shame, um, if I went to the pub a few years ago, I would turn off my location tracker so people couldn't see me in the pub, you know? I mean, it's it, it happened, you know? And, but it was an example of trying to manage my digital footprint. Um, the 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 media information and literacy well, because we see it we 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 think it's true we take you know like the the political divides in the world at the moment we see one side screaming and yelling and saying black is black and the other side saying white is white and they never they never sort of test the 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 the, the stories that are being put on there the claims they're not we don't stop and think is this right is this right you know but, but all sides are being vehement and um i think some of the modern languages they're a bit shouty about it and um and and, and, and we need to start to understand and make an assessment where we think something's right or something's wrong what what is a what is credible information you know across some analysis of that and the privacy management you know, what information do we have that we don't want other people to know? But I think importantly in organisations, while well, cyber is focused on the human scale problem, but in an organisational sense, in terms of privacy management, you want to protect your own information. But if you have the if you have access to other people's information, what are you doing to make sure that's safe? How can you take this digital empathy piece and apply that to uh, to sensitive information you have access to about other people. What are the things you do? What, what, how can you make sure your organization is properly protecting that stuff? We know lots of hacks into people's databases. If we see vulnerabilities in our organizational infrastructure, can we call them out? If we If we know that there's some sensitive information on our screen and we're in a public right of way, what are we doing to manage access to the information we are seeing, are we being discreet about you know I've, I saw Corrine had this medical procedure you know you might not want people to know so I, I need to be I need to protect your privacy my clients privacy in that situation and so we we think those things will make a significant difference in in, in making cyber literacy everybody's problem. Uh, and something that we all have a responsibility to fix, much like occupational health and safety.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Glenn, what <laughs> is your advice for businesses? What should they be doing? It's one of those topics that can be a bit overwhelming. We all know that we need to do something. Where do we start? What are your top tips?
2: I, I think at a, at a board and a, a senior executive level, we need to know what the plan is. We need to know that cybersecurity Cyber literacy is everybody's problem, and we need to take an approach, as we have in Australia and around the Western world, around health and safety is everybody's responsibility. If we see a problem, we're, we're obliged to fix it. What if it's but, not even
1: on their radar? Like, I, I see a lot of businesses where it's not even on their radar and there is no plan. Do you want to take us back two steps, or what do those
2: businesses do? Um what, one of the challenges at the moment for organizations is they are flying, they are, they are liable in a, in, a, in a board sense, in an organizational sense. They are already liable under privacy laws. And if they don't have the proper um, uh, protections of their digital assets, then they are breaking the law and they are vulnerable. So where do we start? Um, name somebody as responsible. And here's a clue. Not the chief information officer, not the chief information officer, but name the, the chief financial officer or the head of HR or even the chief executive. Name somebody responsible and make them accountable for the cyber strategy in their organization. Build a strategy. Know what you're going to do. Practice, um, practice as you would practice for a fire. Practice for a cyber attack. Who's going to do what? How are you going to manage the media outbreaks? How are you going to decide whether you're going to pay a ransom if you're being asked for a ransom? How are you going to recover information? How do you have duplicate, triplicate, quadruplicate information stores to make sure you get some business continuity going? Do you understand this problem as your problem, not as the information technology people's problem, as your problem? Make sure you understand that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, bring in organizations, bring in expertise, probably not technical organizations to build those plans for you. There's lots available online. Of course, CyberSea does that sort of stuff as well. Here's what a good plan does. Drill it, do it all the time. This is not a set and forget. This is around building new cultures and practices in your organization. And then we're suggesting now, and this is a, a, a relatively recent evolution in, in CyberSea. It's not cybersecurity. It's cyber literacy. Bring up this capability for everybody. Test it. Hold yourselves to account to it. Engage with your employees to make it something that adds adds value to your business. My, my business is trying to protect me in a contemporary world, protect me, protect my money, protect my family, protect my friends, because I'm starting to understand what risks are out there, and I can go into the world in a more informed way. Um, it is negligent for organisations not to be taking this on. And it is a big problem. But as with any big task, the, first, the journey of a 1,000 miles starts with the first step.
1: Excellent. So, Glenn from Cybersea, really appreciate your time today. There's lots of wisdom and wise advice there, and I think we'll all be taking our first steps or at least another step. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much, Corinne. Appreciate your time.
0: Join the Advisory Board Chair community and the conversation at Facebook at Advisory Board Chair and on LinkedIn. Advisor Adventures is the podcast of the Advisory Board Chair, advisoryboardchair.com.au. This is a Cahoots Radio production edited by me, Sky Manson, and hosted by Corinne Butler. Let us know your favourite news stories for the week on email at corinne, corinne, at advisoryboardchair.com.au and thanks for listening to Advisor Adventures.